Nation, all for Jesus, huh? Woohoo! 40 years. Hey, we got a Jesus freaks in the house tonight. I'm so excited to be with you. Hey, do something for me real quick. Take out your phone. Help your phone real quick. All of you guys, help your phone. Hey, I'd love for you to follow me on Instagram. I travel around the world. I love to have people praying. So if you can do that real quick, I would appreciate it. And then afterwards, I'll be at a booth. You can pick up one of these cool wristbands or some books as well. So come see me afterwards, and we can connect. Speaking around the world, I've been in about 90 countries. I love telling people about Jesus. And I want to ask you two questions tonight as we get started. Number one, have you ever had a bad day? And number two, have you ever thought this was the day you're going to die? I had a huge yes to two of those questions, both those questions on my recent trip to Thailand. Anyone been to Thailand before? Nobody? Okay. Well, Thailand, I guess there's a place that people love to go and ride elephants. Anyone like elephants? Got some elephant fans? Okay, a few of you. So anyhow, we were on our way to Thailand through a couple countries, and people were telling, they said, hey, Reed, let's stop and ride an elephant. I'm like, ride an elephant? All right. So I like Dumbo, no problem. So we go on this area, and we get on this nice little elephant park. You kind of get on these elephants. It takes you through the beautiful little walkway, and it's beautiful Thailand. It's awesome. So finally, I wait my turn, and then my good friend Brett, who's here with me and myself, we get on this elephant. Now, apparently, I didn't realize it at the time, but this was the head honcho male dominant elephant of the whole entire camp. And as soon as we got off the stand to go through the nice little walk, our elephant apparently sees another elephant that I guess owed it some peanuts or something. <laughs> so it starts charging after the other elephant, rams it in the rear. The elephant we hit goes up on both those big legs. It starts blowing its trunk, you know. And then all the elephants in the park are blowing their trunks as well. It's like, you know, fight, 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 right? So the elephant we hit freaked out. You're supposed to walk this way, the nice little walkway. Ours freaked out into the Thailand jungle. Now, I hate snakes. I was freaking out. Now, the Thai gentleman who's supposed to steer the elephant, once the elephant took off, our elephant chased after it. He started screaming. I'm figuring if he's going to scream, I'm going to start screaming. In fact, I started screaming like a teenage girl at a Justin Bieber concert, right? I was freaking out. So the elephant starts charging into the forest. And this is like a scene of Jurassic World. How many have seen Jurassic World before? Both, both of them, okay. So the people in the camp, our elephant is stampeding through the park. People are running for their lives. It's chaos. And I'm just on that thing. I'm on that elephant thing, and it's over. I'm going to die. Finally, thankfully, our elephant was a little out of shape. So it finally stops. It pulls off to the side. It's just panning. All of a sudden, the bamboo's open, and this guy comes out with a huge spear. I'm thinking, man, if he misses <laughs> toes, don't throw it. Finally, our elephant calmed down. They brought it back to the, to the starting point, and this is classic. The owner came out and was just freaking out. She's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Look, we have this other elephant, very nice elephant. You can ride him for free. <laughs> I'm thinking, for free? I want to flee. This is crazy. And as I was sitting there and got off the dumbo of death, I tell people all the time, I say, listen, I have no problem dying for Jesus, no problem. I'm just a little nervous about dying slowly for Jesus, right? And at that moment, I thought it was over. But after the dumbo of death, as I was staying there, it reminded me, you know, life is short, isn't it? Life is short. How can we make a difference for Jesus? And I want to talk to you tonight about God's radical love. Say radical. radical. You in the back, say radical. All right, that was really good. I heard you way back there. God's radical love. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to 1 John 3, 1. How many of you still believe this is the word of God, the Bible, huh? Amen? Wait in the back, amen? Okay. 1 John 3, 1 says this. 
It says, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us. Say lavished. Okay. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. You know, I don't believe you're here by chance or coincidence tonight. I believe with all my heart that God wants to do a work in each and every heart here tonight. Let me ask you, how many of you believe tonight, Christian, that God wants to do a work in your heart? You know, we live in a broken world, don't we? I mean, I don't know about you, but I have just been broken seeing all the suicides of young people, seeing all the school shootings and the one yesterday in a newspaper office or something like that. I mean, we live in a broken world, don't we? In fact, recently, Google released the top three most searched topics late at night. This about from 12 a.m. to 4 a.m. Do you know what the top three most searched topics are on Google late at night? They're porn, loneliness, and suicide. And I want you to know tonight that no matter who you are, no matter where you've been, that God has not forgotten about you. Tonight, Jesus loves you, and he wants to give you his peace, his purpose, his hope. You see, I believe with all of my heart that Jesus is the one who changes everything. You know, it was St. Augustine that once said this. He said, you have made us for yourself, O God, and our hearts are restless until they find the rest in you. Tonight is your heart restless. Blaise Pascal, the French mathematician, once said this. He said, there's a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every person which cannot be filled by any created thing, but only by God, the creator. You see, you're here tonight. You're not going to find purpose in money or wealth or fame. It's only a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Marlon Brando, before he died, he once said this. He said, money and wealth has brought me nothing but misery. I mean, so many people that say, well, read. If I can just become famous, then I'll have purpose. Then I'll really feel loved. You heard of Keith Urban, right? The country music side. This is what he said. He said, playing massive stadiums is not going to fill any hole in me. How about Brad Pitt? How many of you heard of Brad Pitt? He was recently interviewed by the Rolling Stone. He was kind of talking about hopelessness. And he said this. He said, we are heading for a dead end, a numbing of the soul. A complete atrophy of the spiritual being. And then the man from Rolling Stone who was interviewing him, he said this. He said, so if we're heading toward this kind of existential death end in society, what do you think should happen? This is what Brad Pitt said. He said, hey, man, I don't have those answers yet. The emphasis now is on success and personal gain. Then he smiles. He says, I'm sitting in it. I'm telling you, that's not it. I'm the guy who's got everything. I know, but I'm telling you, once you get everything, then you're just left with yourself. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It doesn't help you sleep any better, and you don't wake up any better because of it. Now, no one's going to want to hear that. I understand it. I'm sorry. I'm the guy who's got to say that, but I'm telling you. Brad Pitt says he has everything, the world says, but he really has nothing. People think, okay, money. If fame doesn't do it, maybe money will do it. How many of you have heard of the radio host, uh, Howard Stern? You guys heard of him before? Get this. He recently signed a contract for $400 million. Can you get your mind around that? I can't. $400 million. And someone was interviewing them and said, hey, 
You make $80 million a year. You have a beautiful wife. You're on the radio 24-7. You must be happy. And this is what Howard Stern said. He said, no. Actually, I've never been happy a day in my life. My friends, from my heart to your heart tonight, you're not going to find love in relationships, in success, in popularity, or money. True love, true hope, true peace is found in a personal relationship with the Son of God, the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. Do you believe that tonight, creation? You know, we're celebrating 40 years tonight. And a few years ago, I'll never forget when I met this girl, I'll call her Rachel. I was done speaking, and she was brought by some of her friends, and she came up to me. Right over there. I've seen people cry before, but I've never seen someone so broken as this young woman named Rachel, 16 years old. She came up to me, and she said, Reed, i got to tell you my story. She said, I've been in and out of foster homes my whole life. It seems like each home, my mom or dad, quote, would be addicted to alcohol or drugs and they would abuse me. She said, Reed, I've been rejected by my teachers. I have no family. I've been broken. She said, Reed, this past year, three of my friends committed suicide. And then she said, Reed, but you know what? I tried to kill myself this year three times as well. And those tears were falling and then I started to see a hint of a smile on Rachel's face. She said, but Reed, when I heard you talking about Jesus tonight, the fact that he loved me enough that he died on the cross for my sins and that he rose again from the grave, and I can start to see that smile get a little bigger on her face. She said, Reed, guess what? Tonight I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And then she said these powerful words. <laughs> she said, Reed, for the first time in my life, for the first time in my life, I finally feel loved. I finally have a reason to live. Creation, do you believe that Jesus is the only one who can give you a reason to live? Don't waste your life. Come to the cross. Three things I want to share with you tonight that literally can make a difference for eternity. Because I believe tonight as we're celebrating 40 years that God wants to do a work in each heart here tonight. I pray many of you will give your life to Jesus for the first time. Maybe you're here, you know Jesus, but you haven't been living for him. You know, you can fool the person next to you, but you can't fool God. Maybe tonight you need to come to the cross and recommit your life to him. But three things I want to share from my heart to your heart here tonight. And the first thing is that God's love is relational. Say relational. As I travel, like I said, all around the world, the thing I hear most that people tell me from all these other different religions they say, Reed, we can't get over the fact that the God that you preach, the God from the Bible, is a personal God who wants a personal relationship with me. Have you ever tried to think about that? God made you in his image, the Bible says. And God didn't make you and I to be robots. He made us for a relationship. It's like this. My daughter Miley's on stage here with me. I don't want my daughter Miley to love me because she has to. I want her to love me because she chooses to. Are you tracking with me? It's the same thing. God made us for a relationship. And the Bible says the first man that God made was named Adam. And the first woman was named Eve. And they lived in what was called the Garden of Eden. It was perfect. It was paradise. You know, at that time, they didn't have to worry about school shootings. They didn't have to worry about terrorism. 
Because sin had not entered the human race at that time. But God told Adam and Eve, listen, you can eat anything you want in this beautiful garden. But except for this one tree, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the Bible tells us that the devil came in the form of a serpent. And just like the devil did back then in the Garden of Eden, he does the same thing today. He causes us to doubt God. And so the Bible says the devil came to Eve and said, hey, see that fruit from the beautiful tree of knowledge of good and evil? Go ahead and take some fruit. It'll be great. So she took some fruit from the tree God told her not to, and she ate. And she gave some to her husband, Adam, and he ate. And at that moment in time, that's the relationship between us and God was broken. And just like I've inherited my hair color from my parents, so too we, the whole human race, have inherited sin from Adam and Eve. It's been passed down from generation to generation to generation till we're all infected with it. And you know, sin is a disease. It's worse than cancer. It's worse than AIDS. Why? Because we're all infected with it. The Bible says we're born as sinners, and then we choose to sin. We choose to lie. We choose to steal. And the Bible actually says that word sin means to miss the mark. Like if I were to put a target back here on the backside of the field, I'd shoot. Every time I'd shoot, I'd miss. And the Bible says in Romans 3.23, it says, For all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the Bible says in Isaiah 59.2, get this, it says, Your sins have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he cannot hear. And that word sin means to rebel against God. Basically, you say, God, my life's not about you. It's all about me. And that's why many of you here tonight, you're broken because your sins have separated you from your God. I love this quote that I heard not too long ago. It actually really broke my heart, but it was this famous rock star. If I said his name, you'd know who I am, but I don't want to say his name. But this man committed suicide. And we've seen a lot of suicides, haven't we, from people all walks of life, all ages. And this famous rock star, when he committed suicide, he left this note that was pinned to his shirt when they found him. And this is what it said. The note said, I am a lonely soul. I am a lonely soul. I think about you tonight. You're sitting there with maybe a family or a friend. You're standing next to somebody, but you're lonely. You're broken. You're wondering, okay, Reed, is there a God and does he care about me? God made you for a relationship with you, and he loves you because God's love is relational. <clears throat> Another thing that I think about that makes me choked up is I remember while I was watching this story on a news channel, and I'll never forget seeing this young girl. She was about 14 years old, and she was doing a little home video. And she was talking about how she was doing cutting and going through difficult things in her life. And she held up this sign. I'll never forget it. She held up this sign that said this. I have nobody. I need somebody. I have nobody. I need somebody. And shortly after that clip video aired, this young woman committed suicide. And maybe you're here tonight and you're like, Reed, I have nobody. I need somebody. Let me tell you that somebody's Jesus Christ. He loves you. He cares about you. He wants to change you from the inside out tonight. God knows your pain. He knows your struggles. And he says, I love you. I love what pastor and author Tim Keller once said this. He said, we've all got to live for something. Otherwise, we've got nothing to live for. He continues, but whatever we live for will own us. Whatever we live for will never fulfill us. And whatever we live for will never forgive us when we fail it. 
We become enslaved to our idols, and they ultimately destroy us. You see, God is relational. Our sins separate us from him. But if you're here tonight and you're like, Reed, does God love me? Does he care about me? My friends, if you ever question God's love for you, look to the cross of Jesus Christ. On the cross, he was loving you. God's love is relational, but it's also radical. Say radical. radical. All the way in the back, say radical. God loved you so much, he sent his son Jesus. And when Jesus went to the cross, I've heard someone say this. It's like Jesus took a check. He wrote your name on it, and he wrote, paid in full. And on the third day, we all cheered. Why? Because the check cleared. Jesus died. He was buried. But three days later, he rose again. And tonight, Jesus Christ is alive. Do you believe that creation? He conquered the devil. He conquered death. I love what Colossians says in 1, 19, verse 20. It says this. About Jesus says, For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. You know, people were interviewed from America to Africa, all basically all around the world. And people were asked a million-dollar question. They were asked, what do you want most in life? What do you want most in life? And I was surprised by the response. It wasn't to be healthy or wealthy or to be successful. No, do you know what number one answer people said they wanted most in life was? Any guesses? Love, close. Peace. Yep, you got it. Peace. Now, if you look at our world today, there's no peace, is there? I can't tell you how many times I've felt like I was going to get killed preaching the gospel in some of the countries in the world. But I don't want to talk to you about peace on the outside tonight. I want to talk about peace on the inside. Do you know Jesus is called the Prince of Peace? And when you come to the cross of Christ and you surrender your life to Jesus, he changes you from the inside out. He gives you his peace, peace with God. I love what Romans 5.1 says. It says, therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace on the inside, peace with God. John 3.16, you guys know that verse, right? But I want you to put your name there tonight. For God so loved. Okay, I'm going to do that again. I want you to shout your name. Okay, ready? For God so loved that he gave his one only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus did what you and I can't do on our own. He paid the penalty for our sins. On the cross, he was taking all of your guilt, all of your sin, all of your shame. He died. He rose again. His love is radical. We can't put our mind around it. It's intense. As Rastus Chan says, it's, it's a crazy love. There's this man who was struggling in life. He was a husband. He was having trouble in his marriage and with his kids. And he was going to a counselor. And he lived in New York. And this counselor one day took him across the street to this area, the RCA building in New York. And he showed him this statue of the, of the Atlas, the Greek mythology guy, right? And you seen that picture where he's carrying the world on his back? Have you seen that before? The guy's just trying to keep the world on his back. And the counselor said to this man, he said, that's you. You're carrying the weight of the world on yourself. And then he walked him across the street to this church. And inside the church was this little statue of Jesus, about eight years old, and he's holding the world in his hands. 
And he said, that needs to be you. You guys know that song, right? He's got the whole what? Everyone just say that real quick, okay? I'm not going to sing because you're run, but let's all say that. He's got the. Now let's do it again, and let's change his world to my world, okay? Ready? He's got. You see, I believe the key as a follower of Jesus is when we give our world and give it to him. And I want to ask you tonight, creation, does Jesus have your world? Have you surrendered your life to him? You know, Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, he said, Come to me, all you labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I love Isaiah 43, 25. This is a great verse from God's word in the Old Testament. God says, I even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And that word transgression means to break the law like the Ten Commandments. Get this. God says, I even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Can you get your mind around that God, through Jesus on the cross, will not remember your sins anymore? It's like they're buried on the ocean floor, and God has posted a no fishing sign, right? That's what Jesus did for you and me on the cross. I remember one time here at creation, Louis Giglio was speaking. He said, God didn't come to make a bad person good. He came to make a dead person alive. Do you believe that tonight, creation? That Jesus can make the dead alive. I love what John 5.24 said. Jesus said this. He said, truly. Say truly. Basically, that means you can trust what I'm saying, Jesus says. Truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. The cross of Christ. You know, I'll never forget the story of this little boy who was lost on a crowded street one day. And he's just sitting there crying. He got separated from his mom. He's bawling his eyes out. And all of a sudden, this man sees him lost and crying. He said, little boy, what's wrong? And the boy's just crying. He says, I'm lost. I'm lost. I can't find my way home. So the man turns to the boy and said, hey, do you know such and such street or, you know, that park over there or that gas station? And the boy's like, no, I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm lost. Finally, the man said to the little boy, hey, have you seen that church that has the big cross on the top? All of a sudden, the boy got really excited. He smiled, wiped away his tears. He said, yeah, I've seen the church with the big cross on it. In fact, I live very close to where that church is that has the big cross on it. My house isn't too far from there. The man turned to the little boy and he said this. He said, keep your eyes on the cross and you'll find your way home. Tonight, are you looking for purpose in life? Look to the cross of Jesus Christ where Jesus died. He was buried. He rose again. Aren't you thankful for the cross of Christ tonight, creation? Aren't you thankful for Jesus tonight? You see, so many of us, we go through life, and because of our sins, we carry a backpack of guilt, sin, and shame. We feel we're not worthy of love. We're not worthy to be loved. We carry guilt. We carry shame. And we feel worthless. How many of you have had someone in your life that has told you they feel worthless? Most of you, maybe many here tonight, you feel worthless. 
we feel anxious, right? Maybe your life hasn't turned out the way you thought it would. Maybe you're dealing with stress at work or at home or at school. And then there's death, right? The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But here's the amazing things, my friends. When you come to the cross of Jesus Christ, and you say, God, I know that I'm a sinner, but I believe you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins and rise again from the grave. The Bible says when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, all of your sins are forgiven. You have a personal relationship with God, not a religious relationship. The Holy Spirit comes and lives in your heart to help you live for Jesus. And you can be sure when you die, you go to heaven as opposed to hell. And Jesus takes you from death to life. He takes you from shame to love. He takes you from guilty to forgiven. He takes you from worthless to purpose. And he takes you anxiousness and he gives you peace. Are you thankful for Jesus tonight, creation? Because of the cross, we have life. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we have hope. And you see, Jesus, his love is relational, it's radical, and finally, it's relentless. Say relentless. God wants a relationship with you. Because he made you in his image, the Bible says we all have a soul. One day you're going to die and I'm going to die. And the Bible says we either go to heaven or hell. God is love, yes, but he's also holy, perfect, and just, and he hates sin. And the Bible says if you die in your sins without Jesus saving you, be forever separated from a place called hell. Very sad, very lonely. But the good news is the Bible says there's a place called heaven. Well, there'll be no more pain, no more sickness, no more suffering. But you can't earn your way in heaven. You can't pay your way into heaven. The Bible says it's a gift. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, it says, For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. His love is relentless. He wants a relationship with you tonight for the first time or maybe to recommit your life to him. I want you to know tonight, creation, that God has not forgotten about you. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. His love for you is radical and it's relentless. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll finish with this story. A man was about to be released from prison and made some very bad choices in his life. And so he wrote home to his wife and children, and he said, on such and such a day, I'll be released from prison. He said, if you want to welcome me home, I want you just to take a gold ribbon like this. I just take a gold ribbon and tie it on the front doorknob. If I see that ribbon, I know that you want me to come back home. But he said, I know how much I've hurt you and the kids by the terrible choices I've made. I know I've broken your hearts, and if I come by and there's no gold ribbon, I know how much I've hurt you. I promise I will never see you or you'll ever hear from me again. I'm so sorry. Well, finally, the day came for the man to be released from prison, and he got on a bus, and at one of the bus stops, a bunch of college students got on, and they looked around the bus, and they saw this guy. He looked terrible. He was just sitting in the corner. He looked pale, sick, kind of shaking, and this man came up to one of the young men came up to him and said, Mr., what's wrong? And the man said, you don't understand. Today's the day, he said. Today's the day I may never see my family again. You see, I was just in prison. 
because of the terrible choices I've made. I've devastated my wife and kids and I'm about to go home and if there's not a gold ribbon on the front door, I'm never gonna see my wife or kids again. Today's the day. All the students were like, this is crazy. So everyone literally is up in the bus looking out the window. And as the bus is making its way around the corner to this man's house, you could see a block away. There were gold ribbons on the front door. There are gold ribbons up in the trees. There are gold ribbons around the house. In fact, the whole house was covered in gold ribbons. And as the man got off the bus, his family ran up to him. They embraced him and they said, welcome home. Welcome home. And tonight, creation, the gold ribbons are up in heaven. And God wants to welcome you into his family. He wants to say, I love you. I want a relationship with you. But you see, this decision for Jesus is up to you. Your friends who brought you can't make it for you. Your parents can't make it for you. Your spouse can't make it for you. Because you're in your sins and you need Jesus who died on the cross in your place for your sins and rose again from the grave to be your Savior and Lord. And so tonight, I want to invite you to the cross. I want you to invite you to receive God's love through a personal relationship with Jesus. Whether that's the first time tonight or maybe God wants you to recommit tonight to him. He wants to welcome you into his family. This is a very special moment. I want to invite all of you just to pray with me right here, right now. If you want to begin a relationship with Jesus tonight for the first time, or maybe you just want to recommit your life to him. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week, but today. So in the quietness of your heart, if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus all over this place, I invite you to say this prayer with me. This prayer is not what saves you. It's your faith in Jesus that does. Jesus saves you. This is a great way to cry out to him tonight all over this place. Let's pray. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. But I believe you sent your son Jesus to town the cross for my sins and to rise again from the grave. Come into my heart and life, Lord Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for giving your life for me, Jesus. Now by faith, I fully give my life to you. And just with your heads bowed and eyes closed all over this place, I want you to just take a moment to think about Jesus. Think about how much he loves you. His love is radical. It is relentless. It is relational. And so I want to ask you all over this place, I'm going to count to three. And if you pray to receive Jesus for the first time tonight, or maybe you're just recommitting your life to him, all over this place, I'm going to count to three and then ask you to raise your hands, okay? Get ready. One, two, Get ready. Three. Just lift up your hands. Thank you. I see your hands here and all over. Just keep them up if you just pray to receive Christ. Awesome. I see your hands. Great. Awesome. Now, here's what I want you to do. Those are raising your hands. I want you to stand up real quick, okay? Just get out of your seat and just stand up. I know you're standing, but those of you raise your hands, just stand up out of your seat. And let's give God a hand for those that are making that commitment tonight. And here's what I want to do. Keep standing. And those of you that raised your hands, you know, the greatest thing is when you make a decision for Jesus, it's individual, right? It's personal. But you're not alone. You're a part of what's called the body of Christ. 
and you're a part of that family, God's family. And so those of you that are standing, the people next to you, if you can just get up with them and just take some time to pray for them, love on them, and let's just spend some time praying for them right now, okay? Those of you who are in the front, if you guys can just gather in groups and just start praying. Let's just start praying right now, okay? Praying for those who make commitments. Ask them what decision they made tonight. And just spend some time praying all over this place. This is a very special moment between us and God. Let's love on those who just make commitments and spend some time praying and then I'll close this, okay? Let's do that right now. Father, we love you with all of our hearts. We thank you for your son, Jesus, his death on the cross and resurrection. We're so thankful, Lord, that you love us with an everlasting love. And Father, I thank you for my new brothers and sisters and you that make commitments tonight. I pray that you'll guard them, Lord, help them grow in the grace and knowledge of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, I pray you'll help them tell someone about the decision that they made tonight a youth pastor, a family member, a friend, the people that are praying with them right now, Lord. I thank you for all those who recommit their lives to you tonight. I pray that you'll just draw them ever closer to you, God. And Father, I thank you for what you've done here in 40 years of creation. Thousands of people have given their lives to you. So Lord, I just pray you'll heal every marriage here tonight. You remind everyone here tonight, God, how much you love and care for them. So, Father, with all of our hearts, we just say, Lord, as your word says in Psalm 115.1, not to us, O oh Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory, Lord. To your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. God, we just give our lives fully to you. Thank you for being all for us, Lord. Help us to live our lives all for you, Jesus. We love you, we praise you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. And if you need more prayer tonight or throughout the rest of these weekend, the prayer tent, you'll see that over here. We've got some great friends. We'd love to pray with you now or anytime. What a great place to draw closer to the Lord. I'll be at the table in the back if you want to come talk to me, pray with me. But let's do this, creation. I want everyone to stand up, and I'm going to count to three, and I want you to give the biggest praise offering you can to our Savior, Jesus Christ. He's the reason for creation. He's the reason why we're here. So on the count of three, everyone up, Let's give it up for the one who was all for us, all for Jesus. One, two, three, Jesus! <laughs>